The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 101 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sands, and welcome to episode 101 of The Catholics of Oz. Yes, we are. We're over the precipice. We're into the... We're into the second century of this podcast, and uh, we're all a bit tired this morning. Like, I mean, considering considering we recorded our big party episode two weeks ago, today feels like the, the after party, doesn't it? Uh, great, now I got to clean up. I got balloons on the floor. You know, <laughs> streamers everywhere. Uh, I'm going to clean all this up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, joining me today, uh, Caroline Knights. I. Lovely sister. I can't even think of a way to introduce you. I'm so tired. Lovely will do. Thank Caroline. you. Lovely will do. How are you this morning, Caroline? I am tired, I have to admit, but I think it's got something to do with the school holidays coming to an end. And, you know, definitely when the children are at home for two weeks, I have to entertain them or find something for them to do every day. So I think that's got a bit yeah, to do with like it. like the party planner for two I, children. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, enjoy the break when school starts. I will. Be great. Yeah. Do other work, break, break yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he is very tired because he's been uh, imbibing on the cricket and the tennis this week. And because we're in Australia, that, that happens to be at hours that are not synonymous with daylight. Lido Sabol, how are you today? I'm good, Lindsay. I'm good. Look, it's okay. It sort of starts you sound seven, great. 7.30 you sound great. for the cricket. And then uh, anyone has tennis is like, what, 11 or something like that for us? Yeah, late. But... It will, I had to watch um, Alex Dimonor and see how he went because they had to delay. That's why it was sort of late. Yes. They had to delay it every time because you know, I'm thinking, yep. um, your Grand Slam um, place, can't you guys afford lights mm. <laughs> or something? Yeah. Clearly not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, come on, guys. I, I, I'm not going to have a dispute with Wilburton, <laughs> the biggest star. It's the Grand Slam in the world. I didn't realize that Brexit was that bad. <laughs> I didn't realize. So, Lino, are you saying, because I, I haven't been watching it, they don't have lights for the nighttime matches? No. 11 p.m. No, is no. the cutoff. Yeah, 11 o'clock yep. is the cutoff for them. Oh. And so, I guess, yeah, like I said, it gets, it gets dark. They have to postpone it for the next day. And, of course, oh. everyone knows about the weather there. <laughs> If it rains, mm, and it, yeah, that rains. It's a lot like yeah. us, yeah. If it rains for us, we just sweep the um, <laughs> water away. Yeah, yeah. There's no sweeping the grass there. Yeah, yeah. you have to really yeah. clean the grass and blah blah blah. Soak so, it. Yep. So Soak yeah, it yeah. Um, it was a good match. Uh, cricket, both cricket, because I love when we, we um apologize again for all the um English um listeners out there. <laughs> we love. All that. Yeah, you, you gave us a dig about that time. The wicketkeeper. Got you out of the wickets oh, because the person. Ru- yeah, that was a big story this week. Yeah, the rules are rules, you know, and um, blah blah blah. So yeah, and the, and the tennis. Everyone awesome. in America is like, "What's the fuss about?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Australia's like, "Big story, big know, story, cricket! Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah." <laughs> I couldn't talk about the baseball, but my team's really bad at the moment. So for all the listeners, right. I go for Chicago White Sox. So there you yeah, go. sorry, sorry for all the Chicago White Sox. Blah blah. Yeah, we're not doing too well. <laughs> too well. But um, I'm I'm waking up, but I um, can't believe it's one oh one. 
Yeah. We went at our party go, and it was an amazing episode, guys. I thank goodness, um, Dom. We're not doing any video podcasting. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're I, a bit scruffy I, today, I, I think, so, yeah. To myself, I'm so dark. <laughs> I need to have one of those lights here, uh, Caroline. Yeah, right. Those, um, Instagram light up the room a bit, yeah, 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 yeah. I looked, I looked like I was just came from Malta for a month because I was so, <laughs> so nice, nice, nice mm. and tan. So I couldn't see myself. Well, it's episode one hundred and one. Surely you deserve now some like influencer lighting or something mm, in totally. your background. I think you're, uh, you're up to that point. Uh, yeah, uh, you're an, you're an influencer now, Lino. I can't. No, no, no. I'm I'm more humble than that. I I like to be behind the mic. And no, no. I want you to come on. Do a Tesla giveaway or something to get more listeners. Come on, Tesla, let's do something. No, yeah. no, no, no. I, I just. <laughs> Isn't that how it works with influence? I think yeah. so. I think so. But SpaceX is yeah. doing well. I heard about them launching a rocket. Oh, no, helping launch a rocket for a satellite. I heard something about that. Satellite, yeah. Nice. yeah. So it's a European Looks space agency. It's yeah. pretty good. Yep. yep. Good morning, guys. There's good a morning, future everyone. science topic. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's roll. Now, now that we've done a bit of a status check of how we're feeling today, let's, uh, <laughs> uh, let's roll on. So, um, First of all, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz, we're not always this tired. This is just a unique thing. So mm. just say that first of all. But you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. Uh, don't forget to give us a five star rating to help wake us up and also um, some positive, positive feedback, which can help us to reach new people as well, which is what we are all about. SQPN also hosts the Catholics of Oz on YouTube. You can subscribe there and don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes of this show and other great shows on the network are released. So with that, Lino and Caroline, let's get started and talk about Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I can sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. When I start the podcast, guys, usually, um, I'll always say whether it's synods or science, da da da. da. Well, I'm actually going to talk about the synod today. So there we are. <laughs> Finally, in the past, we've talked about the synod on synodality, um, you know, moving towards a synodal church. And this has been, it's a, a four year process from memory 20, yeah, something like, oh, 21 to 24. Yeah, about four years. So one, two, three, four. Yeah, it is, it is a four year process. I'm just counting there. <laughs> so, um, this, uh, synod is, I think, an important moment in Pope Francis's papacy, but also not just not just about the man himself, also in the life of the church as well. Because of its aims, because of what it's aiming to do, what they're talking about, this synod is unique in many ways that I'll go into as well. But in particular, um, one thing that's different about it is that it was originally meant to be one session throughout the month of October this year, but Pope Francis about eight months ago extended it into two sessions. So it's going to be October this year and then all of October next year as well. Because there is, if you, when I go through the, some of the, the topics that talk, they're going to talk about, when I talk about the, the working document, there is a lot, a lot. They're not going to be sitting around sipping wine and, you know, and just eating gelato. They're going to be very, very busy. <laughs> I'm sure they will do that too. But yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll be, yeah, there'll be a bit of that as well. But they're going to be very busy at this synod. And yeah, there's a lot of work to do. 
So today I thought uh, what I'll do is that the church released the Instrumentum Laboris or the working document. Now, this is a working document before a big council, a big synod, a big whatever it is. We have talked about Instrumentum Laboris's before, if that's how you say it in the plural, um, when we went through the working document in the lead up to the plenary council. Uh, and yeah, so we're going to talk about the one in the lead up to the synod because these documents are important because they give the direction of the discussions that are going to happen and the things that are eventually going to be voted on by the delegates. Are you guys ready to dive right into this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's try it. Let's do it. Mm. Yeah. Well, the good news is I'm not going to get to the document straight away because I want to talk about some some fun facts about the Synod first because a few things have happened. There's been a few developments. So um, first thing is, have you, so I'm going to be like the teacher now, have you done your homework? I, I gave the two of you some homework. And I expect it to be done. And if it's not done, I'm going to have to send letters home this afternoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so last night I sent you the logo mm. for the Synod. So have uh, have the two of you managed to have a look at it? And can you, uh, did anything, any features pop out? Anything that was interesting in this, I'm going to say in this beautiful logo, I actually like it a lot. It is a nice logo. Much, actually. It is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. What pops out, guys? What do you see? Well, for me, I, I feel a... There seems to be a feeling of inclusion of people from different walks of life. Mm, like you, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. representing, like they have figures here. So there's, there's the clergy, there's the elderly, there's the disabled, there's the very young. There's, mm. and there seems to be people from all walks of life. So it has a feeling of inclusion, maybe. Mm, that's right. Like they want people from different walks of life to have, yeah. to have a viewpoint and to, to have a, Lovely. a say mm. in the Synod. Yep. Very good. Lena, anything yeah, else? Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of inclusion in that picture. And also, on top, either there's two of them. I thought, I thought I saw a, a tree with the sun. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I think that's, I uh, believe that's like, that's Jesus hovering above them. The sun is his head. In a sense, and yeah. um, just shining the light upon all these inclusions of people around them. Also, I I don't know when I saw the the picture of the tree and the sun it looks sort of don't quote me sort of reminds me of an Aboriginal painting. Mm. I'm not sure. In oh, short, okay. I'm sure yeah, if, yeah. if they did the the trunk and the branches in an Aboriginal paintings that they usually you know had to do with all the dots and and the beautiful um you know right yeah. Up, that would have been awesome too. But I look, as it is, it looks yeah. very nice. It looks, that's what I mean. And one thing was, uh, there's a picture down, I'm sorry, there's a picture of, I know it's a bishop, but by the look yes. of the hat, I thought it looks like a little cat for a, for a <laughs> few seconds. <laughs> oh, no, I can't unsee that. I can't unsee that. That's, yeah, it does. There is now a cat in the logo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because yeah. Lido's a cat person. Oh, wow, you're right. Well, there, yeah. were, there are a lot of cats in Rome, aren't there? So, um, they are, actually. That's true. Yeah, That's so. true. In fact, there's a priest, Father Robert Balliser. He's a, like a, a technology priest. He's a Jesuit. He calls himself the digital Jesuit. Mm. And he works in Rome mm. and he looks after what are called the Vaticans. Ah. And they're like stray cats who sort of roam around the Vatican Excellent. and he feeds them and looks after them. Oh, so, I wow. want that job. Yeah, so just funny oh. you should mention cool. that. So maybe it's the Vaticans. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it, yeah, it could be. That, it could be. I like Including it. everyone. Including, I mean, yeah. Very good. Yeah, the cats would be grumpy for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, no so, no. so thank you. Yeah, thank you both for that. And I, and I hope that um, anyone else who looks at this logo, I guess, sees themselves in there, whoever you are. And I, and I think that's the key thing, right? Is that yes, everyone is included mm. Um, mm. In, in a few in a few different that's ways. Right. So first of all, the the process for the synod was to collect the thoughts of as many people 
in the church and outside the church as well on as many levels as possible as well. So age groups, positions, clergy, non-clergy, whatever it might be, to collect all of their thoughts, which was synthesized uh, into what was called the continental stage, which then became the instrumental laborious. We've talked about this before in a previous episode, so mm. I won't go through that, again, through that again. And a church that walks together in communion, participation, and mission, dialogues with each other, and dialogues with the Holy Spirit. And like Lino, as you mentioned before, the presence of God there in that wispy figure, whatever, you know, whatever that, um, that is there. Mm, mm, um, so yeah. it is all, you know, all, uh, with God as our guide doing communion, participation and mission in the church. Yeah. As I was saying, I hope everyone can see themselves somewhere represented in that, in that image, because one of the things that I did read, uh, in the instruments on Laboris, which we'll get to later. Was um, there was a question about how do we ensure that no one is left behind? Mm, yeah, and I think that's that's really important. As it is, yeah. In, in a church that that is full of you know like so over a billion Catholics, first of all, right? That's the first thing to look at. And amongst that group, a range of people from countries all over the world. So all of our contexts are very different. And how we be church, there are lots of different opinions on that too. And there's tension in the church as well. But the important thing is that regardless of how we feel about the church and how we feel about this or that, is that we're all united in some way, shape or form, right? There's, there's a basic unity in Christ. Because if you look at social media sometimes, looking at you, Catholic Twitter, it's not always great. And, um, and I think, and now the, the Synod on Synodality is not there for Catholic Twitter, <laughs> you know, but like, <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, you know, because Twitter and real life tend to be very different things in my experience as well. Anyway, um, you know, the way people talk on Twitter, they don't generally talk like that in real life, although some do, that's a different thing altogether. But it's a, a gathering that is calling all of us to be all of us together, if that makes sense. Um, so I'll say more about that soon as well. But I thought, I think. It's important for us to look at the logo because the logo gives us the, it's a visual look at the aim in terms of who this is about, who it's for, whose lives they're trying to impact, and the words communion, participation, and mission, which is how does the church do this better in, in our age today? Mm, yeah. So I, I actually think this synod is a very, very important moment in the church. And when people read commentary about it, please be careful what you read. Because some of that commentary is going to be designed deliberately to create controversy and sensationalism. And if that's what the author is trying to do, maybe that author is not the right person to listen to or to, or to read. Try and find sources that are a little bit less biased, I guess. So because the, the, the important thing is we want the Holy Spirit to filter the synod for us, not the journalist who needs to get a story in at five o'clock and put the most incendiary words in there as, as possibly can. Mm. That, that's how I'd be, I'd be thinking about it anyway. I'm sure other people have different ways of thinking about it, and I, I welcome that, and I, I'd love to hear what other people are thinking about the Synod as well. But when I was reading about it in the document, and as I was looking at um, the people who were invited and, and, and a whole lot of things that Pope Francis said about it, for me, it sort of drove this desire of, I want to be part of one church. And when I say one church, I mean, you know, everyone united. There are people that I agree with and disagree with in the church, but I love them all together the same, right? And, and God loves us all together the same. So I want to be all of us to be united in that love so we can all do mission together. Oh, I better get off my soapbox now and actually talk about the topic. So let's go. <laughs> I'll accept my trophy for my speech later. My, my <laughs> right, so, yeah. so let's get it from the, the mouth of the church, from the different people who have been um, speaking about the synod. So I'm going from the Synod website. So this is, um, I think it's www.synod.va. But anyway, if you type Synod 
VA, you'll get that at the official website and we'll put it in our show notes as well. In talking about the instrumentum laboris or the working, I'm going to refer to it as the working document. It says that the synodal process, which must be essentially a spiritual event of discernment. And Pope Francis uh, used the phrase, one listening to the others, all listening to the Holy Spirit. At the core of the synod is, first of all, that this isn't a meeting. It's not just a strategy gathering, you know, like a business meeting or something like that. This is a prayerful event. And I'll say more about how that works in a moment. But essentially, it needs to rely on the Holy Spirit. And it has been deliberately designed so that in all the plenaries and all the meetings and things that happen, there's an element of prayer. And it's not just um, token prayer. You know, Dear God, help us. Okay, let's talk. It's, it's actually integrated throughout everything that happens. And I, it's called spiritual conversation. And it's a very beautiful way of doing things. And, I'll, and I will actually talk about that more. It's coming out later on in the notes. But that's, that's sort of how it's going to work. The, the aim is that this needs to be a spiritual event. So this, is, this whole synod is a prayer. And all of us um, along the way are invited to pray along with the synod. And it's a moment of one listening to the uh, to everyone else and everyone listening to the Holy Spirit, which is the aim of, for the whole church from this as well. So the document, as I said, collected feedback from the whole worldwide, worldwide church. The, the synod website says the document is not the conclusion, but it's the beginning of further discernment, which relies on the Holy Spirit. This, uh, the Synod of Bishops and all the participants will pray and discern together in October, and they'll rely on the Holy Spirit to guide their discussions about how the church can be more synodal in its mission to the world. I've got some infographics here, uh, which I've put links to in the show notes, but one is who is actually going to be there. And so it's got this diagram of all the different participants, right? So I like it. at the top, you've got the president of the Synod, and that's Pope Francis. So that makes sense. Then underneath him, you've got these four layers of, when I say bureaucracy, I, I mean it in the positive sense, I don't mean to be negative, but you've got these four levels of bureaucracy. You've got the delegated presidents of which Archbishop Timothy Costello, who's the president of the Australian Catholic Bishop Conference, is going to be part of, which is really cool. The general relator, the uh, special secretaries and these, uh, the secretary general and undersecretaries of the general secretariat. So there's a lot of official bureaucratic uh, levels here. And uh, from my understanding, this group, these four, these four levels, they've got to keep the whole thing running, right? They've got to, there's a lot of administration that has to go on. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of organization things. They've got to keep the whole process moving and, you know, and, and give direction and so on. Then uh, you've got the participants. So participating are all of the bishops who are elected by their Episcopal conferences. That is all the bishops. So the bishops have all decided who's going to represent our country and our region. So, you've, um, so we've got all the group of bishops. Then you've got bishops from dioceses that don't belong to an Episcopal conference. So there might be one bishop who doesn't have a group of bishops that they normally work with. Then, very differently and very cool in my, <laughs> in my uh, way of looking at this, we've got priests, deacons, consecrated women, and lay faithful. And then on top of that, you've also got five women and five men who are consecrated. So what's cool about this is a synod is normally a gathering of bishops for bishops and the bishops vote, right? This time round, priests, deacons, consecrated women and lay faithful are all going to be voting as well. So they're actually going to be having input, participating in the same way that the bishops would participate and then having a say just like they are as well. And then on top of that, you've also got representatives of the different dicasteries. That's just the different offices or bureaus in the Vatican. Uh, and so, uh, so that's the whole group. There are 364 participants off the top of my head, I think it was. And 60 something of those are the priests, deacons and lay people and consecrated women and so on, which is very good. So then 
on top of that, so the, after all the voting members, you've then got the experts. So there's always experts. These are theologians, people who are very well versed in topics and so on, who are there to advise, write documents, um, you know, guide people, be there to, you know, for people to ask questions and so on. So every council, every synod has these. The Second Vatican Council had what were called the Pariti, which were the experts. Then you have facilitators, and these are the people who are going to facilitate the workshops, the plenaries, the, the and so on. And then we have what are called fraternal delegates. So these are members of other churches and other religious faiths who will be there, not to vote, but to um, but to be involved and to be on the sidelines and even you know to be spoken to about particular topics. So it's a very, very busy operation that's happening. It's going to be a big group there for for a whole month. So they better all get to know each other pretty well because they're going to be they're going to be bunkered down together for quite a while. Okay. So um, so there's that. And then uh, to move on very quickly, uh, who's going from Australia and Oceania? I've got a, a big list which I'm going to speed through very, very, very quickly because there's quite a few people here. But just to show you who's representing our little part of the world. Uh, so in terms of Australian bishops, we have Archbishop Timothy Costello. Archbishop Anthony Fisher uh, from Sydney. Timothy Costello, I should say, is from Perth. Archbishop Patrick O'Regan from Adelaide and Bishop Shane McKinley from Ballarat and Bishop Anthony Rendazzo from Broken Bay. Now, Archbishop O'Regan from Adelaide and Bishop Shane McKinley from Ballarat, they're the two that will have voting rights. The other bishops there have different roles at the Synod. So they, um, but those two from Australia have voting rights. And then from wider Oceania, from New Zealand, we have Archbishop Paul Martin. From uh, PNG Solomon Islands, we have Bishop Darius Kaluza. I hope I said that right. And Bishop Paul Donahue representing the Pacific. And then from there, Oceania also, uh, we have a decent group from the non-bishop members, which is really cool. So these are not bishops, but who will get voting rights as well. So representing Oceania, I feel I should be going this person and I thought it was worth mentioning them as well because I think it's a big thing that, that these lay people are being involved so from uh, Oceania uh, we have uh, Mr. Manuel Beasley from New Zealand Dr. Trudy Dantas from Australia Mr. John uh, Lokowiak from Australia Father Dennis uh, Nakorda from New Zealand Mrs. Kelly um, it's either Paget or Paget I apologise for that one but from Australia Sister Mary Angela Perez from the Pacific, Father Sajish uh, um, and who is from the Syro-Malabar eparchy, the, so that's the, um, the Syro-Malabar rite of, of, um, of Catholicism, which is cool. Dr. Susan Seller from um, the Pacific, Miss Grace uh, Rakia from PNG Solomon Islands, and Professor Renee Kohler-Ryan from Australia. And in terms of the experts, so we have five uh, Oceania experts as well who are also going to be part of that, that advising uh, group. We have Dr. Sandy Cornish, Brother Ian Cribb, uh, Professor Susan Pascoe, Father Asaley Russ, and Father Ormond Rush. So as you can see, Oceania has like a, a pretty decent uh, representation there. So congratulations to all those people who are going and uh, we'll be praying for you. Godspeed with your work on the Synod. So with that in mind, I'm going to move, a bit, move us forward a bit quicker now and get into what's actually being spoken about and what they've been told to do. So, as I mentioned, the Instrumental Laboris or the working document has been, uh, has been published and anyone can access it. So you and I, you and I, good old, you know, average, average faithful Catholic person, we can download it and have a look. I think it's worth just prayerfully meditating on at least some of it, if not looking at all of it, um, to, to look at some of it, because this is the document that all of the participants are going to be using as, uh, as they pray and discern 
what the Holy Spirit is calling for the church in the world, the, the worldwide church, um, its mission to be. They're going to um, look at this working document in a series of what are called plenary sessions and working groups. They'll go through it section by section, um, focusing, first of all, on what the characteristics of a synodal, synodal church are. And then they'll address the three priority issues of the synod. And uh, these were um, published during the consultation phase. And this is where the feedback was collected around these. So the three priorities were communion, co-responsibility and participation. And the overall question, guiding questions, and there are, trust me, there are hundreds more questions, but these are the overall uh, guiding questions um, are, first of all, for a communion that radiates, how can we be more fully a sign and instrument of union with God and of the union of all of humanity? For co-responsibility in mission, it says, how can we better share gifts and tasks in the service of the gospel? And for participation, governance and authority, it says, what are the processes, structures and institutions in a missionary synodal church? So I've gone through communion, co-responsibility and participation before in our last episode on the synod. So I won't go through all of those again. There's actually the Instrumentum Laboris needed an infographic of its own. Because it's a very complicated document if you don't have a little bit of a map to help you understand it. But essentially, there's an introduction. There's a what is synodality? What what are the signs of a synodal church? It goes through some of the backgrounds, you know, the, the journey, how we got here. Then it goes through what are called five worksheets. And there are five worksheets for each priority. So communion has five. Co-responsibility has five. Participation has five. And these worksheets are a mixture of a summary of some of the, the key ideas in the, in, you know, the context of, of the theme, the questions that need to be discussed and so on, and things to pray about as well. And so prayer, like I said, prayer is deliberately in there. So here are the things to pray about and take the time to pray about it too. It says the, um, the working document says that these worksheets are not to be read. They're to be done. They're activity, if that makes sense. So they're not meant to be just like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. They're actually meant to spark conversation, spark dialogue, and most importantly, spark prayer and reliance on the Holy Spirit. So after this is done, and this is 15 worksheets over three things, which is why you need all of October, because this, trust me, when you look at it, this is a very, very busy document. (laughs) So the participants will then um, discern based on what everyone has been saying in all of the working groups. Remember, there are 364 participants. All going to be working different groups and all their feedback's going to be collected, collated and so on. And that's going to be part of the next phase of discernment, um, towards that, towards the end of October. So then this will guide the direction of what happens in the second synod session in 2024, which I'll talk about then because it hasn't happened yet. So I can't tell you anything about it. So, um, and at the, towards the end of the synod, the, all of the delegates are going to be told in the next 12 months is what we would like you to do before you come back in 2024 for the next, for that, for the final session. Going back to this, why is this synod happening? It's to discern the will of God in the ordinary life of the church in the world today. The world is very different from even the second Vatican council times, right? Mm, So, and the church needs to be in the world doing mission. As Pope Francis says, it needs to have the smell of the sheep, right? It needs to go out to the peripheries and reach out to everyone. So it's important then for, uh, for the church to always constantly um, discern and pray how to best do this. I've got two more things to talk about, and I'm going to speed through these. So the first one is, uh, now there are lots of questions, so I can't even give you every question that's going to be talked about. So I thought I'll just give you an example of some of the, the questions that delegates are going to be discussing together. For example, 
There's a question about, it says, walking together means not leaving anyone behind, as I mentioned before, and remaining alongside those who struggle the most. How are we building a synodal church capable of promoting the belonging and participation of the least within the church and in society? That's a very big question, right? So you can imagine there's a lot of discussion to happen around that, happen around yeah. that. But the idea that, you know, we're a church that listens to each other and a church that listens to the Holy Spirit. So how do we ensure that no one's left behind in the church and in the world as well? But that's an important question, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, a lot of us would be like, well, how do I do that? And so hopefully the synod will be able to give us a bit of guidance on, on how that might happen. What steps can a synodal church take to, to imitate ever more closely its master and Lord who walks with all in unconditional love and proclaims the fullness of the gospel of truth? Uh, that to me is very similar to the Australian Plenary Council question of how can the church be the face of Christ in Australia? Hmm. This is saying, how can we be the face of Christ in the world? How do people see God through what the church is doing? Can, can they see God? How do we make God known through what, the, uh, you know, through, through what we do as church? And I'll just pick one more because I've got too many to go through. Uh, how can we proclaim the gospel effectively in different contexts and cultures in order to foster the encounter with Christ for men and women of our time? What bonds can we establish with the adherents of other religions to build a culture of encounter and dialogue? Um, you've got the, you know, the different cultures that people are in, the different contexts. How does the gospel effectively go into their lives in the situations that they're in, in, the, in whatever it is that they're facing. And how do we also build better relationships with people of other religions as well um, and create dialogue between the two so that we can foster peace and foster cooperation and all those kinds of things. So that's just three of the many, 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 many questions that are being asked by this synod. What I would suggest to everyone is once in a while, crack that document open, <laughs> pick, a, pick a random question and, and what do you think is how is God calling you in this particular area? Because the, the synod will talk about these things and eventually at the end of 2024, at some point, a document will come out and that will be a guiding document for the bishops of the world who will then filter that down to, you know, their diocese, to parishes, to us. So the synod does affect our lives. It's a very important event, I think. Um, and it's a moment of reform to in, empower us to be a, more church in the world than we are today. Uh, not to say that we're doing terribly now, but obviously we want, we want to do more. We want to fine tune so often. And, and I think this is a very important time. So I have one more thing to talk about, and I'm going to speed through this because I am watching the time very carefully here. <laughs> um, and, and this is the part maybe that, uh, you know, if you guys want to give me some reactions, the documents talk about what the documents talks about, what are the traits of a synodal church? Because everyone might be going, well, what is synodality? What is it? What's this synod thing I keep hearing, right? Because it's not a word we do and we use in our everyday life. In fact, synod is a word that's used to describe a meaning of bishops usually, right? So okay. how do we, you know, so now he's saying, well, not just the bishops, but everyone needs to be synodal, right? Mm. Again, it's listening to each other, discerning together, relying on the Holy Spirit to do that so that we can be more the face of God in the church. So we keep that in mind. So. Some of the traits or characteristics of a church, and this is what they're thinking about is, are we doing this? Can we do more of this? How can we be more like this? So they're relying on, um, on some scripture from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 4 to 7. And it says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each of them is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. 
So all of us have gifts. All of us are part of the church or part of the world. And we all have a way to serve our God to create the common good for everyone, for the church and for the world itself. I just pulled out a couple of sentences. These were actually sentences that were in bold. And I thought, oh, yeah, these are pretty good. So they summarize pretty well. So I've just pulled these out. And these are some of the characteristics of a synodal church that the delegates um, and voters at the synod will be thinking about and praying about and saying, how can we be more like this? So for example, it says the synodal process offers an opportunity for an encounter in faith that makes the bonds with the Lord, fraternity, people, and love for the church. The protagonists of the synod, I'd even say of the church, is the Holy Spirit. A church that is synodal is founded on the recognition of a common dignity deriving from baptism, which makes all who receive it sons and daughters of God members of the family of God, and therefore brothers and sisters in Christ, inhabited by the one spirit and sent to fulfill a common mission. A synodal church cannot be understood other than within the horizon of communion, which is always also a mission to proclaim the incarnate gospel in every dimension of human existence. A church that is also increasingly synodal in its institutions, structures, and procedures, so as to constitute a space in which common baptismal dignity and co-responsibility for mission are not only affirmed, but exercised and practiced. A synodal church is a church of encounter and dialogue. It desires to be humble and knows that it must ask forgiveness as much as to learn. A synodal church is open, welcoming, and embraces all. And a synodal church confronts honestly and fearlessly the call to a deeper understanding of the relationship between love and truth, to authentically include everyone. And it's necessary to do this, it's necessary to enter into the mystery of Christ, allowing oneself to be formed and transformed by the way he lived the relationship between love and truth. And I think this one is probably a really important one, and I'll, I'll, um, summar- I'll summarize with this. Characteristics of a synodal church uh, is the ability to manage tensions without being crushed by them. And then it goes on about discernment, and it also talks about how the liturgy is, is obviously cent- uh, central as well to the life of a synodal church. Without the liturgy, we're not really... Yeah, that, that's, that's our central activity, right? You know, the Eucharist and, and everything that happens with that too. And we've done a lot of episodes on the liturgy, so I won't go through all of that again. Last thing I'll say to, to cap this off is that when you go through the questions, you'll see a lot of topics being covered. And, you know, I won't brush over and pretend it's not talking about things that some people might be a little bit uncomfortable about. I'm not necessarily uncomfortable about it myself. I think we have to talk about everything. But it does mention, for example, how do we, uh, you know, are there other ministries for men and women in the church? Mm. Because the women in the church is going to be a big topic that's I part of this, right? So, yeah. Amongst, yeah. Yeah. Amongst many topics, right? It's going to be a big topic. And, uh, and we've talked about before, right? We've said that, you know, we, the church does need to re-examine the role of women in the church because uh, sometimes, and Caroline's nodding profusely here, right? So, <laughs> but because sometimes though, like if you look in, in parish life, sometimes um, you've got, men who can do one thing and women who can do the other thing and they can't do anything else, right? But if we're all baptized, uh, we need to re-examine, you know, the role, the role of men and women and do more uh, about that. Now, calm down. I'm not calling for anything controversial or anything, but what I'm saying is uh, what other spaces, what other ministries can be, you know, enacted and enabled so that more, so that men and women can more fully participate in the life of the church and most importantly, not feel restricted because of their gender. And I think this is the important thing I'm getting at. Because there are contexts where men and women, and especially women, feel like they can't participate because of their gender. 
which is unfair, yeah, right? I'm, I so agree with that. the mm. church is examining this question because, and, and because people have said it, it's come from the people. So let's keep this in mind, right? This hasn't come from, this isn't like a, you know, a bolts from the blue or, you know, like just a, a random idea. This has come from the ordinary experiences of people and fed into the instrumentum laboris. So the church has to address it, right? Mm. That the sense of faith of the people, it needs to be addressed. You know, other topics it will address, it will address the inclusion of LGBT people in the church. Why shouldn't it address this question? I would say, I would say this is a non-controversial topic. And the reason I say this is because this isn't about the questions of, you know, who's a sinner and who's better and who's not. This is the idea that, again, there are Catholics who are in that space who feel rejected by their own church and no one should feel rejected by the church. Mm, mm. Right? No one should feel like the church is rejecting them on Christ's behalf. There's everyone, everyone, not just, this, you know, not just this group of people, everyone should feel like they are loved by Christ through the church. Mm. That, that is a change that the church needs to make. It's, it's approach to, to different people. And Pope Francis, and not even Pope Francis, I mean, previous popes have done this too, right? They've made, you know, noise about, um, about the fact that God loves everyone. So if God loves everyone, we need to, are people feeling that love mm. through the church? They should feel it through the church, right? Exactly. Not ostracized or, you know, like a person will walk into a church and we know this, right? They might feel instantly judged, not just because they might be gay, but also sometimes because of they might have a disability or because... Uh, because of the clothes that they wear or because their status is different to everyone else or because they, they're lonely or whatever else. We know this judgment happens in churches and it needs to stop. Mm. And I'm not just telling people listening. I'm telling myself too. This is a lesson I need to learn too. I, you know, a, a church that's humble admits that we all do it sometimes. The love of Christ needs to reach every human being. Oh, look at me. I've got on my soapbox. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But, uh, um, so I am heartened that the church is talking about these things openly in this kind of way. And then all kinds of other things about our holiness. They're going to talk about this, about how we can be more missionary disciple, you know, disciples in the world. Obviously, we want to be empowered to do this. And so it's important that they discern this, uh, you know, how we can grow our faith, how we can teach better. All of this is going to be discussed by the Synod in some way, shape or form. Um, and I, I think it's really, what I really like is that the bishops aren't the ones who have decided the topics, right? It's come from the sense of the people. And this isn't to say the bishops don't know anything, but, uh, but well, I guess what I'm trying to, to put this more clearly, I guess, to me, the instrumentum laboris says the church has listened. The institutional church has listened to, you know, to the baptized and to the non-baptized as well. And I think that's a really good thing. So anyway, from here, we just pray that the, um, the spiritual conversations that they have will lead to, great discernment that the Holy Spirit will give them uh, what it is that they need to take the church forward into, you know, into the future. So depending on what happens in October, I, I might say more about it later in the podcast in October. Um, and definitely next year as we get to, towards the second session, I'll be saying a lot more as well. So yeah, uh, what I'm asking everyone who's listening um, is pray for the synod, please. Um, don't just throw stones at it. It may not be the process you want it to be. The people who are going may not be the people you want to be, but that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, pray that the Holy Spirit guides these people in, um, in their discernment so that we can be more the face of Christ in the world. A church who listens to each other and a church who listens to the Holy Spirit. There you go.
That's the synod. Mm. Wow. Excellent. And by Thank the you. way, by the way, I barely scratched ten percent of that topic. <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. too much to talk about in yeah, here. Was, was, yeah. Wow. Um, let's get some reactions. Caroline, anything that you've heard? Any reactions to any of that? I just think it's great. I'll add to what is a synodal church. I would say a synodal church is a church that is growing, is um, mm. observing itself from the inside, observing itself from the outside, getting um, a church that looks at itself and says, I don't want to be stagnant. I want to grow, oh. I want to change, not change as in obviously the Eucharist and all that, but how can we be available to everybody? How can we be relevant to everybody? How can everybody have a say? And how can we include the church in the church, if that makes sense, mm. include everybody yes. in the church? How can we be more welcoming and just to be a church that is accessible to everybody? Because who makes up the church is the people who go to church. Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. make up the church. That's great, yeah. And without the people, you don't have a no. church. No. So the church is there for the people. Jesus is there for everybody. So I really like that he, um, people from all walks of life are going to be getting a say and all sorts of topics will be discussed. I do like that they will be talking about women, obviously, mm. <laughs> because mm. I am a woman, but... um. We do have a special role to play apart from men. Um, mm-hmm. I know in our parish there are a lot of women who do play many roles and that's really heartening to see. Could there be improvements? Of course. Um, but, you know, just the fact that we're discussing all of these issues about everybody from all sorts of walks of life is is great, I guess. Coming from how even I would love them to to discuss like how can we make the church accessible for the disabled? For example, we don't have to be physically disabled, but mentally disabled. Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. example, my son with autism who suffers with sensory issues, how can we make that more accommodating for people? Mm. And that's something we can do in our own parishes as well. You don't have to wait for the synod. Correct. So, yeah, I love this feeling of we are the people are empowered to have a say about our own church. And I just really love that idea. And yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's really good. Yeah. That's, yeah. Lovely. And there was a, there's an article I read. I, I need to actually read it again and look at it properly and see if there's, if it's got enough merit to it, but it was talking about, uh, are our churches starting to look like one particular people to the exclusion of other people mm. just, just because whatever reason, and, and why is that and what can we do about it? So I want to look at that again and, fi- and do some more research and make this a Faith Beyond Borders topic in the future. Hmm. Thanks for those beautiful thoughts, Caroline. It's really good. Leto, any, any reactions, thoughts to the Synod? Yeah, there's a lot of people involved and that needs to be done. And um, the Synod seems to be moving forward. And it looks um, it was structural. And um, I agree with everything mm. Caroline says and you say, Lindsay, that the church is moving forward. And it does sort of need to in and involve itself more with other people. Even though we see in churches that there are different how can I say it? How do you say it, Lindsay? Um celebrations of mass in different parts and different mm-hmm. parishes, you know. Sometimes there are Oh come on, there Go are for it. Yeah. girl servers yeah. in one parish and there's yes. no girl servers in another parish. Yeah. And then, yep. even today, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. even today. And like, you know, the church addressed this in the 1980s. Pope Francis changed canon law recently yeah. to address this. But yeah. 
and again, not criticizing churches, no, but no. there are some churches that are uncomfortable with, with girls being altar yeah, servers, yeah. which, you know, sorry to say it so honestly, needs to change. Yeah. That, that does need to yeah, change. No, I mean, if you include women, girls, I mean, okay, they can't be a priest, but maybe they want to become it's a nun later on. Maybe things. they yeah, want to devote themselves to the church in, in a particular way. Exactly. Yeah. What a lovely way to include them at the altar. I mean, what? Yeah. That's the closest you can be physically, isn't it? So, like, why not yeah. give them that chance just like exactly. boys get the chance? Yeah. You know, Sorry, that was yeah. perfect. <laughs> yes. And, no, totally. and look, and, and let's, let's, you know what, it's, it's not controversial no. to say, no. you know, girls as altar service because canon law already allows for it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, if anyone, like, if you argue with it, you need to, you need to be a canon lawyer and you yeah. need to know what you're talking you know. about. But, yeah. Yeah. But the church has already ruled on this a couple of times, so it's not it's not controversial. No. If it is controversial to you, read Canon Law. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Look, it's yeah. send me an email. I'll send you. The, I'll send you the relevant documents. I've got them. You yeah. put the link in the show notes to save everybody. I could put, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had this discussion before with people, so yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. look, it's um, Mary Magdalene. A lot of ladies and and women followed Jesus when he was. You know, all the Marys, all the Marys. All the Marys. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's 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 not all the all, yeah. all the men. Well, the apostles was Jesus. Mm. Jesus included everyone, and like we all know from all the tax collectors, all the um prostitutes, all those people who who were sort of not included into the society and were considered, you know, a lower lower class. And Jesus, in- he went to the Samaritan woman exactly. at the well who yep. had, had several exactly. husbands. You know, he could have said, nope, "No, not nope. good enough. I'm not talking exactly. to her." Exactly. No. Highly controversial, by the way. <laughs> like you what, said, that, yeah, yeah. That it's a very high. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, a reader of that time would have been like, "Whoa, is he really mm-hmm. doing that?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yep. So yeah, it's like, it's good yeah. to see this is um, working together, and and I just hope. Mm. <laughs> I just hope that I can only see the the priests and the archbishops having. A, a good old conversation between each other. You know, there'll be some. Yeah, I'm not saying the word traditional is what you want to mean. And there was some that go, mm. "Look, we need to move forward," as in saying we need to include and just just talk and instead of arguing. That's all I'm saying. I, I just hope there's no arguments yeah, no. or any um debates. No, it's good. Most definitely, Pope Francis says that they call they're saying this is the most diverse group mm. of delegates and voters mm. at, at a synod yet. Mm. And yes, there is a mixture of, as the internet calls them, you know, progressive and traditional mm. people there. And I actually think that's a good thing mm. because we often see them fighting each other online. But they need let them have it I out say, in person. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I'd say they do need to get into a room mm-hmm. and yeah. remember that they're one church, mm-hmm. regardless of their disagreements. You know, I saw a video once, right? You know, of now this is an anecdote, so and it's just a thing I saw on Twitter once. There was a there was a pro Donald Trump rally on one side of the street in some place in the United States, and then across the road there was a pro Joe Biden rally, and they were like, you know, yelling at each other and insults and whatever else, you know, my guy, no, your guy sucks, whatever else. And a couple of people from both sides decided that that wasn't good enough, and they crossed the lines and they went and hugged. No, and I hugged definitely. it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hugged it out. You know, like, yeah, we disagree with each other, but at the end of the day, we're still good people. They, mm-hmm. they, their hearts were big enough to include the other one, you know, and we know, and sorry, people in the United States, I'm not criticizing this, but we know from our outside observances yeah. that American politics tends, can be quite hyper radicalized, <laughs> right? In people's fervent, mm-hmm. you know, like in Australia, politics is boring, right? <laughs> 
So boring. Oh when, when we have a debate, there's no clapping, there's no screaming. It's just like, it's like, it's what so do you think about this policy, Minister? Well, I think blah, 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 blah. What do you think? I thought they were really blah, 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 blah. at each other. I thought they were really shouting. Well, no, if, no, you no. Watch, yeah. if you watch Question Time, okay. that's a different thing. Yeah, that is that you yeah, get yeah. in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah They're okay, having okay, it out okay. in the ring. It's true. But, but like when you're having a televised debate, yeah, it's very boring, right? Whereas if you watch American ones, they're like, you said this, like, you know, like, they're not, you know. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and so, you know, in a place where politics can be quite hyper radicalized mm. and these guys can, and again, it's an anecdote, but they can cross their lines, hug it out and say, all right, we disagree, but I still love you. We should, we should be the ones doing that first, right? The synod on synodality should be the place where that happens first before it happens out there because we're trying to be the face of Christ. So, yeah, that's why I say pray for the sin yep. because it does contain a range of people and I think that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing. And the instrumental laborus contains the voices of all of these different people who chose to participate. If people were cynical and chose not to participate, that's I'm sorry, but you that was your choice. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, yeah, you know, yeah, luckily you still belong to a church where you can participate but you might've missed your chance to participate in the synod because you said, no, this is nonsense. And I hate Pope Francis. God bless you. That's all I can say. Right. But yeah. But the thing is, regardless of that, they have got a good sample of voices and now the church is going to discern that with the help of the Holy spirit. So let's uh, cap it off there because wow, we've, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I spoke yeah, too much. <laughs> so uh, Caroline, we're going to throw it over to you. And uh, now you're going to talk about <laughs> science. <laughs> They're a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. So, Caroline, this one's a really interesting one um, about what did you call it? Shooting stars on the sun? Did I yes, get that right? that's right. All right. Tell us, tell us all about it. Yeah, this was a cool one that caught my eye this week. So, yes, I'll be talking about shooting stars discovered on the sun. So a new phenomenon never seen on the sun's surface has been discovered by a team behind the Euro- European Space Agency's solar orbiter mission named SOLO. The discovery made from observations made when their orbiter first entered into its first perihelion, or which is the first time they reached the closest point in its orbit around the sun in 2022. This distance is about one third of the distance between the Earth and the sun, which is about 49 million kilometers. From, and from this distance, the team were able to get a really good view and great detail of the solar corona, which is what they were studying. The phenomena that the team discovered has been described as shooting stars falling down onto the stars, uh, the sun's surface, which is a star itself. Well, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. so on Earth we see shooting stars at night, and but the shooting stars that we see on the Earth are caused when meteoroids or small pieces of rock and dust from asteroids or comets passing by they hit the Earth's atmosphere. And the dust and particles burn up in the atmosphere in a process called ablation as friction is created against the air particles in the atmosphere. Um, 
Heat caused by the friction vaporizes the meteorites, meteoroids and bright streaks of light are visible, hence why we call them shooting stars, because what they look like, they're shooting across the sky. Mm. The shooting stars observed on the sun, however, are quite different and they are in part associated with coronal rain. In fact, coronal rain was actually hiding these shooting stars before they were recently discovered. But hang on. Can I just say, I'm going to, let me try, hang on. Mm. Like, coronal rain sounds like a song that Prince would have written. I'm just, I'm just saying. Maybe he came up with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Prince was Purple, purple, purple rain. coronal rain. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, Corona, anyway yeah, yeah. so you said, but hang on, go on. Yes. So apart from Prince's contribution there, (laughs) what is coronal rain? Coronal rain is something created when the hot plasma in the corona cools and condenses. Now, this is cooling compared to the sun's own Mm -hmm. temperature, which is still really hot. So Mm -hmm. the strong magnetic field on the sun pulls the cooler plasma back to the photosphere, and the photosphere is the surface of the sun that we're able to observe. So the hot plasma goes up, it slightly cools and then condenses and pulls back down. During the observations made in 2022, not only did the European Space Agency team discover the shooting stars, but they also managed to capture the highest resolution of the coronal rain accompanying them. Wow. Now, back to the shooting stars. So the shooting stars on the sun... They sound so nice, you know, shooting star, how pretty. (laughs) But actually, they're not as delicate as they sound. After all, the sun is a massive raging ball of plasma. These shooting stars have been described as meteor-like fireballs that can be as large as 250 kilometers wide. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Whoa. You've just taken the romance right out of that. Yes. (laughs) Ouch. Poor sun. Um, Maybe they, yes. These fireballs are compressed plasma. They're compressed by the magnetic fields of the sun. They become clumps and they follow the magnetic fields to the sun's surface. The sun pulls them down at around 100 kilometers per second. Pretty fast. Pretty fast, yeah. The heating and compression of the gas was observed as the plasma clumps creating the shooting stars. There was a spike of intensity and is created that indicates that the gas is heated up to a million degrees and this lasts for a few minutes while they fall back to the sun's surface. Wow. Can you imagine wow. these massive clumps yeah. of plasma? I mean, they're huge. Being, yes. Yeah, they're yeah. massive. It's just exactly. it's beyond, <laughs> it's beyond what you can imagine. Me. Yeah. The impact of these plasma clump shooting stars produce a brief but strong bright impact with upward surge of shock waves and the gas above them then is reheated. But unlike the shooting stars on the Earth, there's no material stripped off the sun um, shooting stars because of the magnetic field. Mm -hmm. They mostly make it down to the sun intact, and the falling plasma is partially ionized and follows the magnetic field lines. These magnetic field lines act as giant tubes that funnel the gas down. The compression and the heat underneath prevents the shooting stars from producing tails, and this is why it's been a bit hard to discover them until now. So you don't really see them as like as obvious as the shooting stars on, on that we see on Earth. Right. right now the project's right. lead, Patrick Antolin, says, the inner solar corona is so hot we may never be able to probe it in situ with a spacecraft, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, solar orbits close enough to the sun that it can detect small-scale phenomena in, occurring within the corona, such as the effect of the rain on the corona. 
allowing us precious indirect probe of the coronal environment that is crucial to understanding its composition and thermodynamics. Just detecting coronal rain is a huge step for solar physics because it gives us important clues about the major solar mysteries, such as how it is heated to millions of degrees. If humans were alien beings capable of living on the sun's surface, we would constantly be rewarded with amazing views of shooting stars, but we would need to watch out for our heads. (laughs) (laughs) 250 kilometer wide clumps falling from the sky doesn't sound... Uh, so yeah. appealing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so there we have it. I have never heard of um, shooting stars on the sun. Obviously, it's a That's new amazing. thing. And I didn't yeah. even know that there was called coronal rain. I mean, we'd seen them. Um, I've seen pictures of the magnetic fields and things like mm, that. So mm. um, I just thought this was really fun to learn about. And I, you know, we hear about these solar probe missions um, being sent out to the sun. And, um, it's just great to start now hearing about the things that they're discovering and um, we're getting to know our sun better. And, um, you know, it's not just pretty pictures, you know, it's it's actual mm. beautiful, amazing science and amazing um, physics and thermodynamics and all of those amazing things that, that we yeah. know about. We can actually see it in action and we're starting to be able to understand what actually is going on and the processes on the sun's surface. So, uh, yeah, it's just... Wow. Yeah, the sun is just amazing. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just, it's just one yeah. little star in the you know this whole universe. But there's so much to learn about it, and um, it's so exciting to see new science coming out of all of these um, all of these missions. So cool. for sure, cool. yeah, yeah, I remember when we were geeking out about the um, the solar probes that you know like, that yeah. were sent and everything, and talking about how they keep it cool even though yes. it's so close to the sun and everything, and yeah. then. Yeah, now it's giving us all this wonderful science. And obviously you learn about one star, it gives you, it tells you, it teaches about the characteristics of others, doesn't it? So exactly. it's an important thing. Yeah, important science they're picking up. And I just love this idea of coronal rain, like shooting stars on the sun. Yeah. Yeah. And some musician is going to come along and turn that into a song for sure. Like you can't, you can't have a phrase like coronal rain and not turn that into a song one day. 100%. That's happening. Yeah, 100%. I guarantee Within a year. Yeah. Maybe they'll write it at the synod. I don't know, but someone's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's God's yeah. work, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It it's so, so inspired that it's going to, yeah. yeah. Wow. Excellent. I'm just spellbound. How big are those asteroids again, um, Caroline? Oh, the clumps about, they could be up to 250 kilometers wide. Goodness I mean, this is no me. joke. That is, is massive. I mean, how big are the little particles that fall on the Earth? And, uh, yeah. But I don't want to see a, a 250 kilometer <laughs> no. shooting star. <laughs> Hot yeah, plasma falling us, no. towards yeah, me. Cool. <laughs> Thank you very I'm much. I'm happy to see them, but from far away, not, yeah. not close up. Yeah. Just streak on by and, yeah. and keep going on your way. Yeah, Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. It's great to see the, uh, yeah, the sun absorbing the, the impact and it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Not, it, oh, what was it again? Sorry, Caroline. Is it the hit, does, it, does it hit the sun or does it just hit yeah. the sun and just evap- not evaporate? You, you, you no, know, it just know, falls it. back into the sun and I guess it would get recycled and become part of the process again. But Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's just... It, it's the plasma is shot out, you know, with like um, with the magnetic fields, with the solar flares. I'm imagining, mm, you know, with mm. the natural processes. Mm-hmm. But then they start to be because the the magnetic pull of the sun is so strong, so it just strong. pulls it back in, pulls them back in, and yeah, um, yeah it just goes back to the surface and it oh, just wow. comes cool. back with, to the sun again. So yeah, oh amazing. wow, love it. 
Oh wow! It's amazing right. how they got that. <laughs> it was, of course, yeah. we we with a naked eye can't, of course, look at the no. sun. No, but these solar probes dogs. can, yeah, observe phenomena we haven't seen them before. So good. So good. So good. I mean, I I remember yeah. seeing the first images of the sun when we were first getting access to you know these kind of documentaries, and then the internet where we could go looking at. You know, I used to follow that Soho probe, you know, how they have yes, the, yeah, yeah. the mm. sun in the different wavelengths and you can see different mm-hmm. characteristics of the sun. That just blew my mind. I used to love <laughs> just look here. I yeah. did some paintings. I was just so inspired. Yes, by, you, you did. Know. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. wow. and now to be getting images, images up close yeah. by these, you know, these solar missions and just having all this amazing information knowing now we're learning a bit exactly. of what's going on because we really can't understand it all yet yeah i mean it's inspirational it's just amazing awesome totally. awesome blows my mind <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. sun yeah. science is the best sun science. Sun science. yeah yeah all right well thank you for illuminating us with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. i'm glad to be shine some information awesome. yeah well um on that bright <laughs> note let's move on then. <laughs> And uh, and let's talk about uh, entertainment. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. It's not what we came here to do. No, it's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. So um, before we start talking about entertainment, let me just apologize because the podcast is going over time because of me. I'm sorry. Oh. I've got to be excited about the synod. Blame the synod. Yeah, I blame, I blame Pope Francis. Francis. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's what happens when you write an instrumental laborious that's so 60 long. 60 pages like, or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, with a whole lot of wow. questions. Yeah, but uh, let's uh, let's briefly talk about some things that are entertaining us. And Caroline, I'm going to throw it over to you first because you uh, you watched two movies this week yes. uh, with your with your children on the school holidays. So one was uh, the Flash, and yeah. the other one was Transformers. Was it Rise of the Rise Beasts? Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. Right. So go for it. Over to you. Okay. So. I'm finally at a stage with my kids where we can go watch these action films. Right. <laughs> yeah. so they're old enough now that we can watch these films. We're not stuck in like digital animation world anymore which is great oh, yeah. although a lot of films now have a lot of digital animation but it's not too not, not, not like five and yeah, under yeah, okay yeah, true, so yeah. it's great so yes yeah, so we watched the the latest flash movie it was pretty good pretty entertaining i do enjoy the dc movies so for me this was really good it was a bit of a side to the superman and um Wonder Woman and Batman movies, this time focusing on The Flash. Yeah. So there was a bit of a storyline where, um, you know, he had a, has a past where his mother was killed when he was a child and then um, he always, his father was accused of killing him, of her, sorry, killing her, and he, he actually works in forensics and he was trying to work on his case to try and um, exonerate his father and, you know, get him out of jail. Uh, but there was a bit of trouble with the evidence. And, one time when the Flash got really mad, he started running and he's running so fast that he discovered he could go back in time. Oh, ouch. Mm. And he's like, oh, I could go back in time. I could save my mother and, you know, change mm. everything. 
So he goes and has a chat with Batman or Bruce Wayne and he's like, look, no, you shouldn't do it because you change everything. But, of course, the Flash being young and impulsive is like, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fast, yeah. yeah. So he goes back to the past and then he, of course, he he does save his mum, but at the same time he changes the whole timeline. And he ends up in an era where he's back with Batman, but not his Batman. It's Mm. a different Batman. And guess who the Batman is? <laughs> That'd be uh, Michael Keaton, That's right? That's right, yeah. Michael Keaton, Batman. Yeah. And that Which, was so cool. Which, by the way, cool. is the draw card. Yeah, this is the draw card yes. for me to see. This is why I want to see the movie, okay. right? I haven't seen it yet. Not for The Flash. I want to see it for Michael Keaton because right. I loved those two and movies. And actually, yeah. yes, when I saw his yeah. face in the um, advertisement, I was like, in the trailer, I'm like, yeah, I want to go see it. <laughs> and just having back as Batman for a while. That's, yeah, that's the draw card, yeah. Yeah. I won't continue yeah. the the rest of the movie because it'll get boring, but like he yeah. plays a pivotal role. Like okay. he plays he nice. has a good role in there. All right. And um yeah, it's great. So just yeah. for that nostalgia of seeing him as Batman again, and then there's a few little brief cameos popping up in the end nice. when the world yeah. goes crazy because the timelines are all messed up and everything. <laughs> but if you like yeah. timeline type Going back in the future yeah. storyline. Kind of, yeah, this yeah, yeah. is cool. This okay. is cool. Very good. And it all ends yeah. up nicely and tied up at the end. But um, of course it does. Yeah, it always does. But yeah, it was really entertaining. I don't know. It's great popcorn mm. flick. You know, just yeah. go watch yeah. it. Don't take too anything seriously. too seriously. Yeah, just nice. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And this is the um, this is the reset of the DC universe because mm. now, um, for just for the the background stuff, James Gunn has taken over now. Mm. And he's the guy who directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, awesome movies by all three of them. Yeah. So he's been hired by DC now to sort of reset the DC universe so Mm -hmm. that, um, so that they can actually, it actually makes sense because it got a bit, I mean, like some of them, a lot of the movies are pretty good, right? But like it got a bit messed up. It's like, how does this fit in? How does that fit in? So yeah. The Flash, um, the, the Flash movie comes from, now I haven't read them, Mm. but I do know of it that, um, there was a series of comics called Flashpoint. Where he does exactly that. He goes back into the past, saves his mom, changes everything, yeah. and he comes back to the future, and the future's all different, right? So, yes. um, or to the present, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so they've replicated elements of that to to do this to reset the the storyline, which oh, is okay. pretty cool. Okay. And I think they've already cast they've already cast a new Superman. I forgot who the actor is, but they've cast a new Superman already. Yeah, they're looking for a new actor to play is, Batman. I didn't mind the other Superman. I thought he did all right, but anyway. Henry Cavill's. Awesome as mm. Superman. He was good, yeah, but he's not, yeah, he won't be Superman anymore, sadly, but yeah. TV series called Superman and Lois? There, there is one. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it, but yeah, the CW had a series. And I heard it's actually really That's good. But I haven't, what's yeah. going on with but the it's other not, <laughs> movie? Oh, oh no. They, they just do the whole multiverse thing now, so they can tell okay. as many Supermans okay. and Batmans as it, they it's want. Totally yeah. multiversal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's totally multiverse, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, multiversal, oh, no. yeah. And uh, Transformers, Caroline. Transformers was a fun movie. Um, I have to admit, I expected to hate them. Yeah. Hate it. I right? must agree. Yeah. Because yeah, of yeah. past Transformer oh, movies. God. All right. However. Well, you and I, let's quickly, you and I went to the first Transformer film. And we were looking forward yeah. to it like you wouldn't believe. And we walked yeah. out so pumped, <laughs> right? We were so disappointed. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. We, we did not enjoy who likes it. it. But we, no. we hated it. No. <laughs> so, however, yesterday... You know, it's cold and windy here during the school holidays. You know, I didn't feel like going outside anywhere, but I was like, look, let me just see if there's another film on. Mm. And yes, the Transformers was on. Had a look at the 
trailer. I thought, yes, okay, this looks looks good. It's so good. It's actually all Transformer. It's like okay. you have the Transformers, you have the, oh, I don't know what they call them, but there's the animal, I should know, but there's, there's a group of animals who transform as well. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a couple of humans, obviously you have to have humans <laughs> in there. And there's, there's a touch of Indiana Jones in there. There's a touch of like Star Wars, Star Trek in terms of aliens wanting to come and eat this planet. But they have to save the planet. There's a key that, yep. the, you know, that has been kept safe, but the bad guys want it so that the, the ultimate bad god, is there's oh a bad god. god in it, right? <laughs> right. Cool, cool, okay, cool, cool, he cool. wants yeah. to eat planets, right? So he wants the key okay. so that he can have access to eating planets. And I don't know how. It's reminding me of, um, what's it, Pirate, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, they're, yeah. Like, they're looking for a key. Yes. What, what do we need a key for? Yeah. What does a key do? Yeah. It's something it, like that. It opens things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. so, what it seems to do is open a portal. Oh, yeah, that's right. It opens a portal so this bad god can come into the universe. Mm-hmm. Might have mentioned multi, I don't know. They come into the universe physically and eat planets because that's where he gets his energy from, obviously, from eating planet. Mm. So, um, yeah, so... There was a key. It would split in two. The bad guy found, like, so there's bad guy Transformers. They're not like Decepticons. The, Decepticons. Oh, wow. It's a t- totally no. different Are group. They? Of, oh, right. Okay. The leader was Scourge. Yeah. Pretty sure Megatron slash Galvatron died in yeah. previous so, movies. So yeah, he'd that be we out of the didn't see. Now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I might have to Megatron. cringely go back and see oh. what yeah. I can salvage. But yeah. But, however, yeah. Optimus Prime is there, which is really all you need. There's yeah. Bee, mm-hmm. not Bumblebee, the the little, what are the beetle, yeah. but he's in a different form. He, but he's, you know, he's a yellow car. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. a, a one called um, Mirage, who's a really cool character, yeah. and he tends to, he teams up with one of the humans, so, you know, becomes um, an important character. Yeah. There is, there are space alien robots, there's fighting, <laughs> there's just, it's just like nothing yeah. too deep, just Fun, yeah. fun Instant, violence, yeah. <laughs> if you can call it that. Violence, but fun, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Lots Look, of, I can see that. I can not, see. not the bad violence, yeah. the fun violence, yeah. yeah. Lots of alien yeah. robots versus um, the, yeah. the robots who are on Earth and, yeah. you know, people all of a sudden having superhuman strength and tr- being able to evade robots that, you know, really, yeah. they'd kill you. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's good. <laughs> Like I said with the other movie, don't think too much about it. Just enjoy it. Eat your popcorn yeah. and, um, yeah. yeah. I thought it was yeah. funny. The kids thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. So that's, that's the main exactly. thing for me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Just a fun action mm. flick, yeah? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Don't think too much. Just enjoy. Just yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Does it start with, you got the <laughs> No. <laughs> I must admit, that's you probably one power. of the best Transformer movies back in the 80s. Yeah. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's so good. Actually, the soundtrack the of soundtrack. this film yeah. was really good um it is also yeah. when you go back on spotify it's a lot of explicit songs oh, but it's really? a lot of oh, rap oh. and and that kind oh, of yeah. culture music but it was great i yeah. I, I enjoyed oh, okay. it okay. it matched the film yeah. really well so yeah matched the oh, film okay. well yeah yeah it did but yeah yeah uh lino um you enjoying the, the tennis oh, and the cricket wow. you were hinting at yeah. that before it's been good Bonerate. yeah yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah, and the Ashes. Is that yes, right? Yes, I had a look at the results this morning, and we've only got one Australian left in, in the draw. Uh, all of our ones. Um, okay, you know, 
So yes and no. I was looking forward to seeing Nick Kyrgios back. You know, I like him as a tennis mm. player, but as a I don't know, he's just a bit. I don't know. You like him? He's a character. You don't Let's like him. That. You don't like him a <laughs> yeah. bit. He's still injured. Is yeah. that right? He came in. Yeah, he was doing yes, practicing, yes, and he yeah. said, "Oh, my wrist wasn't the right. Mm. Wasn't one hundred percent." So he's not yeah, quite right like, yet. Yeah, makes sense. Like, makes sense. Right yeah. Don't you're not hundred percent. Don't uh, yeah. play a grand slam because it'll really That's right. look at Alcaraz. He's he's been world number one, number two, but he's had to bow out. He yeah. bowed out the French from, um, yeah. from the French, French Open, yeah, because of injury. Yeah, yeah. he was playing yeah. Djokovic yeah. and had to stop. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Besides, yeah, yeah. yeah, that watching the cricket been good. Australia's doing well. That's all I can say. <laughs> a lot of controversy, yep. is, is, isn't there? Like yeah. hearing it look, on the news. Yeah. I was watching was was on yes last night, Caroline. Yeah. It sounded mm, like a soccer match. Yeah, whatever. Then, whatever. Then a cricket mm. match. I'm not saying we we what well, we do Australians do yeah. our chant and do our Mexican wave and everything, but these guys it's like a soccer match. Yeah, yeah. They're all yeah, doing yeah. like a, you know, chants. Yeah. And I go, yeah. It's not the quiet moonlight game it used to be, is it? Like everybody just sitting back eating sandwich, a sandwich you know, watching having the cricket. A cup of tea. It's like, yeah, exactly, Caroline. People you actually. Know, bucket heads, wearing the KFC cool, bucket yeah, yeah, on, you yeah, know, yeah. hat and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. no, they're all standing up just chanting, you're bad, you're yeah. bad. I was like, wow, this is, this yeah. is a song about <laughs> Wow. Bad. Is that the worst you yeah. can come up with? Bad? Bad? No, 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 no. There's, oh, there's more. There's, <laughs> I can't say it on the podcast. No, I don't. <laughs> I've heard they haven't been very nice to each other at all. It's Hold true. On. Are you saying, are you saying, Lino, they made cricket interesting? No, I'm, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but it's true. Like, usually you watch it and it's so quiet. It is quiet. It's Sorry. Like, oh, oh, they're moving. Look, look, they're moving. Oh, yeah. wow. uh, it's it's yeah. more entertainment, actually. Um, you know, I yeah. don't really watch a lot yeah. of tests. I must admit, I do fall asleep. <laughs> but this one here in England, yeah. I, yeah. I must admit, look, the guys give the atmosphere, you know, a great atmosphere. You know, you're watching tennis, you watch the yeah. tennis, sorry, cricket, they're all blocking the ball, block, block. And I was like, oh my mm, goodness, mm. man, how am I going to do this mm. every time? But now <laughs> it's really yeah. fast paced. Yeah. It's like in, yeah. like yeah. the Australian bowlers, even the English bowlers are really bouncing that ball right at you. <laughs> you just got yeah. no yeah. time to it. Yeah. So it's a bit more. They mean business. They, they want that ball right into yeah. you. <laughs> so yeah, tennis, yeah. yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Um, uh, Yeah, like I said, it's only one Australian left. So that's going to be interesting. Murray? First week down. By the time this podcast comes out, the final will be almost just about ready to go. I think. So. Yeah. So because have delay, rain delays and everything. Yeah. I think we'll talk about it as offline. And lights oh, out. Lights 11 out eleven o'clock. Yeah. Wimbledon, really? It's very oh, proper, isn't it? Sleep oh, no. time. Go to bed now. Play tomorrow. Go to bed. It's too dark today. We have to, you, the ball. Yeah, we can't see the ball. And I go really. Oh my god, that's just bad, bad accent. I'm in big trouble now. Sorry, Dom. Can't see the ball. Can't see the ball. That's why they stop playing at eleven thirty at night. Eleven o'clock at night. Just have a glow in the dark ball. That'd be pretty cool. Oh yeah. I mean, my kids have one of them. Yeah. 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 And like fluoro fluoro light up lights. Hey, hey, hey. hey, Like, I'm not joking. There is a tournament. I think it's somewhere. Yeah. Don't quote me in China or anything. It's like a disco. You know, you see them. Awesome. You see them when they're coming out, coming out, and all those little flashy lights. Yeah. Look like a boxing match. That'd be fun. I need a link to this, Lena. You need to show me something. Yeah, yeah. He just, I gotta find yeah. it. And it's all flashy lights, and, and and it's like a disco. Every time the the set finishes, there's a DJ at the and everything, and making the yeah. crowd, you know, all hyped up and everything. But yeah, there is. I haven't seen any fluoro balls or any green courts all light up and everything. But I wouldn't be surprised I'd do that for you know if they do it for a charity event. 
Hold on, I understand that. Mm. Yeah, help helping other people. That, that was all cool. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, exactly. I, yeah, uh, I saw a video recently of uh, they created a a tennis court on ice Whoa. and they were playing tennis in ice skates. Tennis and on ice. And it was ice. very cool. Uh, no pun intended, but it was very cool. Like just sit watching them. <laughs> Sorry. But it was like literally like just watching them play. It was really awesome. They're just like hitting the ball wow. and skating around. To I can imagine that's worse than playing on clay. Because yeah. you know, you slide on clay. This is going to slide. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That'd be something to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, um, mine are really brief. Um, the first one is uh, obviously the new season of Star Trek Strange New World started and Alexa is saying, <laughs> <laughs> before a song starts playing or something, yep. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, I've at the time of recording, the first three, three, four episodes have been out. First four, yes. Um, and it's amazing. Ooh. I love this season. I love what okay. they're doing. It, first season, so every episode, it's been like a multi-genre thing. Every episode's a different genre of stories. You know, you've got your time travel, you've got your courtroom, you've got your, you know, disease episode. You've got, you know, just think of all the different tropes, right? Um, you know, you've got your fantasy episode, whatever else, or you've got your, your strategic submarine, you know, battle episode or whatever. I just love, first of all, that it's, it, each episode is something different. So we're back like to original like, you know, Star Trek. Series, good, we're back to Star good, Trek where, good. yeah, like originally, each episode is its own thing. And, you know, every now and then there's a storyline they'll pick up and get back to and whatever, makes right? Sense, which is good. Sense, yeah. um, so I like that a lot. And I just love that. Um, I, I feel like they've gone, it's become even more mature. And I, when I say mature, I mean like in terms of storytelling, um, not mature as in like adult themes or whatever, but just mature in terms of the, the way that they tell stories. The characters are, are being given even more depth. Okay. Not that they didn't have any before, but mm-hmm. there's more depth now. I've really enjoyed, and even the humor, like the, there's a balance of humor as well. And the humor is really good. Like there was one scene in one episode where Spock is sitting across a table from another Whoa. Vulcan and they look like they're having a very quiet conversation. <laughs> and and Dr. Mbenga and um, the uh, Ortegas, the, the navigator, like Ortegas is... She's pretending that they're having a polite conversation. He's going, "Oh, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm very good. It is very logical to see." You. Like she's, and he's like, and and Mbenga's like, Mbenga's like, they are having the worst argument wow. in their life. And so, but but they're just, but it looks very polite. Yeah, and then Spock walks up to them afterwards, and he goes, "I'm very sorry that you had to see that." <laughs> it's very so really good humor, but you know, like yeah. But anyway, I'm really impressed with this season so far. There has not been, in fact, the whole series there hasn't been a dud. I was about to say, Liz, is it been done all of Rick, the episodes? Rick Berman, yeah, or has it been a whole done about a whole? No, 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 a, no, no. Rick Berman doesn't exist in Star Trek anymore. No, this is um like the whole a whole new okay, like, gang. Yes, but say, have they made books about Captain Pike, or is this a whole? Yeah, there has been all that, but then it's not related at all. This is like wow, it's, it's doing very well. Good, that's good to see. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see. And uh, in terms of storytelling, this has been a really good season yeah. of Star Trek, and I'm really enjoying it so far. And I hope it stays the same. Yep. And I'm looking forward to the, the Lower Decks crossover that is coming oh, later this no. season. Confirmed. Really? So oh. There's going to be a, a Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds. Uh, I cannot wait. I hope it's good. Okay. I cannot wait. And the other one, just very quickly, is um, I've been using a new app. Yes, I jumped onto the bandwagon called Threads. Oh. So oh. some people will go, oh, oh, yeah. that. The, yeah. um, and, uh, and others will go, yeah, the Twitter, the Twitter um, competitor, competitor now. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was curious because everyone was talking about Threads. So I, I signed up. So. It's it, you know what when you open it, it looks like Twitter. It basically is a 
it's basically it's basically Twitter, but but Facebook you mean style. It's not original. Or Instagram style. It's not original. Oh, it's definitely not original. But here are some some observations. First of all, uh, so what happens is when you lo- when you sign up, it will link you to everyone who's on your Instagram account okay. if, they, if oh, wow. they're using it too. Mm. So you're automatically you're automatically following them, and they automatically will follow you, and then you can make all the adjustments and whatever. I I, I doubt there's much in the way of privacy, but who cares? But you know that's wow. just the usual thing, okay. right? Mm. The thing is though, because it you need an Instagram account to have a Threads mm. account, it links mm. straight away. And um, the one downside right now is it's all algorithmic as well. Mm. So it'll throw all kinds of things at you, not just whoever you're following. It's very influencer-ish Ooh. as well. Yeah, so we need you get like, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like oh, I'll get, wow. I'll get like posts from like Paris Hilton yeah. and, really? and, um, and Taylor Swift and, you know, and Kim Kardashian. And I'm like, I don't want all this. So I've been blocking a few. I, just, I was like, I don't want to, I don't, <laughs> I actually don't care what. Yeah, but it's like I don't care what they're having for breakfast or what they what product they're using. So wow, yeah, and um, and the other thing is like there are some signs of you know watch out with the inter because like the influencers are now mm. trying to get followers. So there was Mr. Beast the other day going, everyone who follows me in the next forty eight hours has a chance to get a free oh, Tesla, and I'm like this. block. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. just give so me the I, Tesla. I'm just trying to, I'm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So I'm like. It's not that I don't like these people. It's just that, like, I want to maybe like uh, tell the algorithm what it is yeah. I'm looking for. So you know, being the nerd that I am, I'm like you know looking for Catholic people who are doing stuff. You know, SQPN is also on Thread, so I'm guessing that they're going to be experimenting with using it and things like that. So, so, and I'm hoping there'll be some things on the Synod. Um, and I I hope that Catholic Threads is nicer than Catholic Twitter. Is all I'm going to oh, say. Okay. So okay. far, and only because it's brand new, only because it's brand new, Threads has been a far more positive experience than Twitter okay. has become. Okay. Because uh, Twitter Twitter has become a little bit more toxic, and I'm not getting into the whole Elon Musk debate funny. or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, but the, and the thing is, I'm still on Twitter because there are people who I follow mm. who share news that I think is, you know, that's important to me who are not on Threads yet. Am I going to move out of Twitter to Threads? I don't think it's time to make that decision just yet. My Twitter experience has been less than than it has been okay. in the past. Okay, and it's because and my understanding is it's it's because Twitter has made a lot of staffing cuts mm. and so the quality of the experience has dropped. Right, we'll see what happens next. I'm not telling anyone you should go and use <laughs> yeah. it if you want to use it. It's up to you. My understanding, by the way, is if you do use it and you want to stop using it, like if you want to take your profile off threads, you would have to delete your Instagram account. So keep that in mind as well. Once Uh, on threads, always on threads, as long as your Instagram exists. Sounds like you're a a broadery of thing. Was your threads? You're on threads. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Whoa, yeah. Um, so what I'd say, yeah, yeah. Go on, Caroline. Just a quick funny thing. Um, Elon Musk posted a funny little picture of the Twitter bird with the threads. (laughs) logo in its mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, its mouth, yeah, that's yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. hilarious. Now, yeah, now just so people know, I'm not taking sides with either one. I'm not, and I'm not saying you must use threads. I'm saying if you want to use it, you need to make a decision yourself. Mm. You know, do your, do your own homework. Look at the privacy behind it. What data is collected about you? Everything, basically, what you had for breakfast is collected oh, by all these companies me. anyway. And then decide, you know, maybe some other people are on it. Talk to them, or you know, just do some googling and find out what the reviews are saying about it. Mm. And then decide for yourself if you want to use it. Um, and you can make a decision about whether you are, because I know some people have left Twitter, but it's not everyone, obviously. But um, decide if you want to leave Twitter. 
or stay on Twitter or use both or use one or use the other. You are a free person. You can decide for yourself awesome. yeah, <laughs> what that yeah, might be. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, let's wrap it up there or this is going to be a five-hour <laughs> podcast and we <laughs> don't do that to people. This is 101. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, look, we only podcast fortnightly, so you're getting your money's worth today, yeah, people, right? right. So, True. You're getting your patrons' <laughs> worth. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let's wrap it up there. Um, and so we want to thank you all for joining us for episode 101 of the Catholics of Oz. So before we go, we'd love to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Catholics of Oz. So today we would love to thank Blake P., Bob C., Nathan H., Michael T., and Christopher Y., through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows on StarQuest to continue. So you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. But also, please, if giving financially is difficult, please remember to pray for us. We are praying for you and we are grateful for your prayers and we, we hope you stick around because um, we want to share content with you and we hope that we can hear from you telling us uh, your own thoughts about it as well. And if you would like to tell us your own thoughts, you can send us feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash oz, where you can find all the show notes and the links that we've discussed in today's episode. And while you're on the SQPN website, don't forget to sign up to the Insiders Club newsletter to get updates about your favorite shows, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter. Join the Discord community and talk about the shows that you love there, sqpn.com slash discord. And don't forget all of the socials for SQPN, facebook.com slash Media. Twitter at SQPN threads. I have no idea actually how you describe it. So just look SQPN or StarQuest on, on threads and see what pops up. Instagram at StarQuest Media. And don't forget that we have our own Facebook page, facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz, spelled O-Z, if you'd like to uh, join us or, um, or see some updates there. And you can also reach us by good old email, Catholics of Oz at SQPN.com. Caroline, thank you so much for being part of episode 101 today. Thank you. It's been stellar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. It was a bit bright, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, very, very, very it was. Bright. Yeah. Yeah. Shiny it was a, episode. <laughs> a sunny episode. Yeah. And no, shiny. <laughs> yeah, shiny. Fair enough. And Sunny, my bird, has been here the whole time. He's been so good That's and right. quiet. That's right. That's what to say. I can see yeah. Sunny right behind you. Yes. Honey. Yeah. He's honey. been such a good cool, boy. Cool. All right, Lino, thank you so much for um for being part of episode 100 as well, for uh, hitting it for six. We appreciate <laughs> yes. you being part of it. Totally hitting you for six. <laughs> episode 101. Oh, God. I'm still. Yep. Getting ready for our next episode because um, <laughs> yeah. 100 was so... It gets these hundreds, it requires know, a bit of effort, doesn't it? It was yeah. awesome episode today, guys. On oh, the sun, Caroline, I had to look at the ball, but um, that, that sun, that was so good. And then, yeah. Where, where oh. glasses? Oh, no, no, I mean, like, well, if you look at it, if you look at it, just teasing. Just teasing. Yeah. Do look at it at the end. Yeah, it's a bird. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's been awesome, guys. Um, Yeah, look, I know you usually tell about how the weather is, but if we're quickly, yeah, it's... Not very good. So everyone, stay inside. Yeah. Not right now. No. Stay, stay uh, warm yeah. and yeah, stay and warm. Spend some time with your family. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And before we finish up, um, just as Lena was talking about, we did uh, we released episode one hundred, our celebration episode last uh, in our last one, and uh, this that was a video episode. So if you'd like to watch it, you can and see all the fun. There was a, a yeah, there was a goof at the end. So I just I realized I just went ahead of I did watch it just have a what we were what we looked like in video um and uh so we put our hats on with our hundreds and isabel and i actually practiced this. oh yes Lindsay, i forgot to tell you man. however my hundred was backwards <laughs> so caroline had a hundred leto had a hundred and i had zero zero one you were starting back at the beginning yeah i had to help you with your balloon look secrets of yeah. 
Catholics of Oz, yeah. when you first put yeah. up your hundred balloon, you had the one the wrong way as well, remember? And I had That's to true, I did, turn yeah. it around. So. And that was it, yeah. yeah so. And the thing is, like the night before, I had the hat on, I was putting the numbers. And I don't know, maybe it's reversed or something. Yeah, but there you go. But that's all right. You're just representing from the beginning to the... To the 100. It was, yeah. It's the alpha and omega thing, right? Yeah, it's the Catholic thing of beginning and the end. Yeah, well, not the end, but the The middle-ish sort of probably. Yeah. Yeah. As they said, as you see in, at the end of Star Trek, the motion picture, the adventure is just (laughs) (laughs) And as um, Optimus Prime said um, said to the human thing, the Autobots and the humans have to work That's together. Correct. That's correct. That That's they, right. They do. Mm-hmm. And as as Vin Diesel said in all of the Fast and Furious movies, it's all about family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure those uh, movies are. <laughs> yeah, I've watched. I've watched. I've literally watched one of those movies. I think I watched one. Son, oh, we've gone up. Yeah, my yeah, son Damien we went up to like the fifth one and went. Yeah, I think this is enough. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fast and Furious fans. Enough. By the time you get to the fifth one, Lino, mm. you probably know this is always going to be just a movie about people and cars, right? <laughs> Driving cars <laughs> and family and family. Yeah, and family and yeah. family. Don't forget the family. family. Don't forget the family. Got to have a yeah. theme. Yeah. yeah. And so once yeah. again, I'm Lizzie Sands, and thank you so much for joining us for episode 101 of the Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Technology. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash technology. 